competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the Magic. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 454, Mr. Samich. Florida Derby, huzzah! Hey, now! Boy, this is one of the most exciting days of the calendar, at least in the springtime, for sure. Florida Derby Day, 10 stakes races, part of a 14-race card at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, April 1st. No April fooling around here, Mr. Samich. We are ready to give out some big winners here. Let's do it, man. I, I got to say, the hype intro back there, we got to use it because I don't think we're going to be able to make another one next year. I have a feeling we're not going to be winning the Fantasy League this year unless a couple things break our way here, Magic. It's still, listen, Cave Rock still got time to win the Preakness. Um, we still got a chance for Rocket Can to win the Arkansas Derby and and possibly, you know, just... Uh, yeah, no, it's it's fine. That's why I keep running it now. I'm like, I'm going to use it as often as I can because uh, I got to take out the raining part, pretty, at least, <laughs> edit that out pretty soon. But yeah, no, we're excited. It's, it's a huge race day at Gulfstream Park. Uh, 14 races, like I said, 10 of them are stakes. And the ones that aren't stakes, you're still going to see some great horses in there. Um, real quick before we get into it, Mike, outside of the pick five that we're covering that ends in the Florida Derby, which race are you most looking forward to on the day? You know, I'm not sure. That's a very tough question. There's a lot of really good races. I, I'm really interested in the second, actually. Um, I, I think that's going to be an interesting race. It's a synthetic race for maiden claimers. And yet I like a Dale Romans horse who's 6-1. to one and a half. He's 0 for 40 with first-time starters, and I like one of his horses. So that one's really interesting to me. I like the shitty races, so I gravitate toward those as the ones that I really like. For some reason, my camera's flickering. It's really pissing me off. Um, so I gravitate towards some of those races. I think that one's going to be one of the more interesting ones on the card. I mean, obviously, the, the back half of this is stacked. Some of the early stakes are absolutely incredible, too. Like the Cutler Bay, I think, is a solid one. The Pan American's pretty good as well. So we've got multiple really good stakes on the card. But for me, one of those crappy races where I like a horse that I, I don't usually like is the one that jumped out. Now your I don't know what's going on with your camera. I don't know that sometimes that just happens and it's like a it's like a weird computer issue. I don't know. I've had that happen before with mine, but not that often. So that's kind of weird. Um, that is a good race. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Ghost Zapper Stakes. I forget it's early in the card. I forget which one. Like race three, possibly. I think it is. There, there's just a lot. No, that's the Cutler Bay. Uh, I know that the Ghost Zapper is early, and I was hoping it was going to be part five, of the sequence. Race five. five there you go. Um, no, I also. Seven. Seven. Uh, race nine is the uh, Sir Shackleton stakes. You could see uh, a couple of horses. Poss I mean, my prankster is back for the first time uh, since the Amsterdam. So you can see what he's got. It looks like he's going to have a big year possibly as a sprinter. Um, but he's got to go against some really good uh, local horses and also Wayburn in that spot. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. Really quick before we jump into it, too. Shadi, thank you very much for coming in the interview. I had a phenomenal time interviewing Mark Cornett. We talked this morning. Uh, if you have not checked it out, it previewed right before this show. Make sure to check it out because he talks quite a bit about two horses in the Florida Derby, uh, Mr. Peak and uh, Nautical Star. But it's not just about them. I think it's a really interesting take on ownership and why they're in this race, what he's looking to move forward. We talk about FedEx shipping a horse, which I did not know was a thing. I didn't know you could FedEx horses before that interview. And Magic did a great job of cutting in some video there as well uh, to kind of see what the actual pallets look for the shipping process. So uh, thank you very much to Mark Cornett and C2 Racing for, for doing that and for kind of giving us some insight on how he goes through that process. They're a really interesting group because they don't buy any horses at auction. They buy horses privately after they've raced. And so they're specifically looking for things. And he's been around for 20 plus years and has won an Oaks. He's won multiple Breeders' Cup races. He won the Florida Derby with White Abario, which was a post-race purchase as well. So really interesting to talk with him about the two horses that he has in here and kind of what made him want to purchase them post-race and then how they are doing and what he's expecting out of them in the race. Uh, it was really great. And, and and thank you for the break. You did a great job. I actually told uh, Celeste before or right after I was done editing, I was like, Mike's interview skills are improving. And it's been a long time. Since, I think it's actually been since what, right before the Kentucky Derby when you interviewed Mark last year uh, was the last time you did a show like or a, a 
video like that. But yeah, no, I, you did a great job with your questions. And um, it was really, I learned so much about Mark and it's a guy that, you know, I've already kind of known for a year, but yeah, go check that out. Um, C2 Racing Stable interview. It's on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash racing dudes. It's on racing dudes.com. Uh, you can hear what, you know, we'll go, we'll talk about a little bit when we talk about the Florida Derby, I'm sure. But the two horses that they privately bought and entered straight in the Florida Derby, one of them's a maiden. They're both at, exiting a pair of six furlong dirt sprints. So you can hear his thought process, and he's realistic. He doesn't go out there and say, oh, we're going to smoke Forte. One of them's going to go challenge him. The other's going to be sitting right behind. He's realistic about it, but you also get a better insight into why they did it. And I thought that was a really interesting move because, uh, spoiler alert, it's a million-dollar purse. 62% goes to the winner. You got a lot of money left over from a million dollars for second place through, and, you know, through fifth to get paid out. So very interesting. He talks about their long-term plans and you did a great job too, highlighting what C2 racing stable does. It's turning the C2 racing stable show. Um, they, there's a lot of thoroughbred aftercare work that they do and they're not super public about it. They're not out there saying, Hey, look what we did. Look what we did. They just, someone says, Hey, we need to re you know rescue this horse. We need two grand. And then they just go done. It's all taken yeah. care of. We'll get them. It, it's amazing. And it's great. He and his brother, Clint stand up guys. Yeah, very cool. I, I'm just happy to have uh, met them through this process. Miranda actually introduced us first, uh, way back in the day before the Florida Derby. Been on the channel a couple of times. Fortunate enough to meet him uh, at the Kentucky Derby. Phenomenal interview. I thought it was just really, really interesting. So make sure you check that out uh, after this because there's a lot of different places that we covered that are really interesting. Um, you do have that kind of swafty bedhead there, Magic. It's, it's but the, 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 I, I've been awake since 6 a.m. It's not I didn't just wake up. It just I didn't you know what it is. I didn't do I didn't shower. I didn't work out and shower right before the show today. That's See, why. It, yeah, you, you have the Zach Morris Saved by the Bell hair going. And last week you had like the the Wolf of Wall Street slick it back style. <laughs> <laughs> a very, uh, very diverse magic portfolio we're seeing here in back-to-back -back Thursday episodes. So Wall Street magic, that's the magic that gets this shit done in 35 minutes. This is laid back California cool magic. We both got our hoodies on. By the way, it is, you know, it is hoodie weather or as you can see, sweater weather. You can see with Mike and I in California. It only gets up to about 65 right now. So we're not quite to uh, tank top weather yet. Have you ever seen Wreck-It Ralph? Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm uh, the glitch right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, Princess Penelope is that her yeah, name? Yeah, Penelope. Yeah, exactly. Penelope <laughs> with a V. Penelope, that's right. Yeah, I've got to get that right. All right, enough talk about this. We got a big show, Mike. The Late Pick Five at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, April first. It's a million dollar guaranteed, which we'll probably definitely get way past that. Uh, but it's all stakes. It's an exciting one. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. All right, here we go. The first leg of the late pick five at Goldstream Park on Saturday, April 1st, race 10, the Sand Springs Stakes. We got 10 older fillies and mares routing a mile and a 16th on the turf. Where'd you go on top, buddy? All right, I just had to reset the camera and the microphone. So hopefully everything sounds good and looks good now. Uh, that was my filler. So I could tell you, I'm going to go with the six. I'm going to play two separate tickets here, a 50 cent ticket and a $5 ticket. Give me the six market segmentation on top. We talk all the time about speed on this Gulfstream Park turf. The speed is really cheap in this race. And then when you go through and you look at the favorites, and the speed's most likely going to be sweet enough, the two horses probably going to quit off it. If you go through and then you look at, okay, who are the other horses that are going to be close or forwardly placed? The only one that is a short price that has good, solid numbers is market segmentation for Chad Brown, Irad Ortiz, two to one on the morning line. Yes, it's the favorite, but I don't think this is that tough of a field. Um, I'm going to end up singling the six on my $5 ticket to kick this off with market segmentation, who I think it's a, a just a phenomenal trip right behind Sweet Enough. Uh, my top pick here as well. You don't love the two to one, but listen, uh, first of all, it, it, of course, we it, we used Forte, at least I did in the Florida Derby. I'm not going to spoil your picks here yet, but I used Irad in all five races. I think Irad is going to have himself a big dick energy kind of a day at, at Gulfstream, and he's riding for all of his favorites. He's riding for Chad. He's riding for Todd. Uh, you got Chad Brown bringing this four-year-old filly in. Um, you know, she's there's a bunch of horses we'll talk about throughout the day that are coming off Lasix, but her debut win was also without Lasix. 
Third start of the form cycle. Irad's back aboard. This should be a career best effort for her here. Um, I, I did go three or sorry, two deep here. Um, I also used the eight princess theorem here. Eight to one for Brendan Walsh uh, with Jose Ortiz riding. Her effort to back over this course, I think it's good enough to win here when she, she got the win with Jose aboard. She sat, you know, a few lengths off the pace. She'll probably, if she gets that same kind of a, a ride, she'll probably be just a little bit behind Marcus segmentation there or around that spot. I, you know, last time out, I'm going to give her an excuse. She fell way too far back early, you know, wide post, short run into that first turn. She still closed well to get third behind a gate-to-wire winner in Faith in Humanity, who was uh, another strong Chad Brown horse. I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to not give for not wanting to use her for singling market segmentation because of the price. I really like the eight to one price on princess theorem here with Jose riding. I think she's sneaky. She's going to have to have a career best effort to beat market segmentation. I think she's got that ability. Well, I, I did play two tickets and in the 50 cent ticket, I used the eight princess theorem. This is actually my second pick in the race. I, for every reason you stated, I think she has a, a shot at having a, running a big one right here. The lack of, like aggressive pace I think is actually beneficial to her she'll be a little bit closer to the pace I do think she'll be sitting third fourth behind the two sweet enough behind the six market segmentation so should get a relatively good trip and won't be too far behind market segmentation which I think is a, a key factor here when you're looking at this horse and kind of what the horse wants to do I, I did go three deep on that ticket and I'm going to take a little bit of a shot I'm going to take the horse who's coming off a layoff and, and this is the five horse cafe society should not phenomenal off a layoff, right? I, I get it, 9%. Empire Maker, fairly good turf sire, but nothing nothing wonderful. But this placing is really interesting to me. And when they're deciding to move this horse onto turf and take a swing here, when Shug had this horse fairly well, continuing to improve throughout that the, the four-year-old season, it switches over to his son, runs one race there, comes back to Shug. Granted, pretty good third there, but the start was atrocious. If you go back and watch it, it's this hesitant start. The horse didn't break at all in that race, then kind of rushed up into a pace and wasn't able to have enough kick to get home as the favorite in that race. I like them moving the horse up here. It tells me that they believe Cafe Society is doing very well right now. I'll take a little bit of a swing first time on the turf, 12 to 1 on the 5 horse. So I'm going to play just the 6 on the $5 ticket. But I'm going to try and get out of here with five, six, eight on my 50 cent ticket uh, and see if we can get a little bit of a price outside of that's favorite. Yeah, I because you're getting 12 to one on the five. I don't I don't dislike the use. This is her first time trying turf. And that kind of scared me off a little bit. Um, she also has one win. And I think the last two and a half years, I'm looking back trying to find when she had her. Yeah, it was she had the one win in the dirt allowance um, Gulfstream February uh, 2022. And then you got to go all the way back to her maiden debut in 2020 when she uh, had her other win there. Not one I'm going to use, but you made a good case for it. And to your credit, Mike, three starts on synthetic. She got two seconds and a third, and they tried two back to put her on turf, and it just didn't. It got rained off at Tampa. So they, um, they wanted to start this season on turf, and it's it's an empire maker out of a tap at mare. That that is a a solid turf pedigree. It's not like turf on turf. It can be either dirt or turf, but there is definitely mm -hmm. some turf in there. And so for me, the fact that now we're trying to get back on turf and we're doing it in stakes company instead of just trying a turf allowance or something like that tells me that they believe all systems go here and that they think this horse is better on the turf than what we have necessarily seen. And as you mentioned, yeah, we haven't won a ton, but we've had a lot of dirt races over this form. And when you kind of say, okay, if if we think she's a better turf horse than she is dirt horse. She fits with this field, and you're going to get every bit of that 12 to 1. Because this is an ungraded stakes with a, a you know a normal purse for this level, $150,000, you're not seeing a lot of world beaters in here. And so you, you can make good cases for it. I, you know, Michael Myers says, Brendan, we're using Princess Theorem, one of the two Brendan Walsh horses, but Louise Saez is riding the 10 arm candy. I didn't use her. She hasn't won uh, in, since 2021. Uh, to me, her form isn't that superb, but she, you know, this will be her third start for since moving to the Brendan Walsh barn. I get why they're taking a shot with her. The last horse that I kept going back and forth on and ended up not using, um, and I'll tell you why in a second. The number one horse, Love in the Air here, uh, Paco Lopez riding for Jason's service. Did you consider this horse at all? I had this horse. John's service, sorry. I had this horse on the ticket at one point. I had this horse in third instead of the five. Um, my my kind of first time through. I'm concerned about the distance. That was my my big thing and kind of what trip we're going to be able to work out here because I don't think we make the lead because of the two. Now, Paco right. is on the one, and Paco is definitely an aggressive send rider when he wants to be, but I don't see any other trip but the lead for Sweet Enough. And if that's the case, then all of a sudden, the trip the one that is going to get is, is essentially the two clears, 
then the one tucks outside and you're in that two path both turns and you the six pockets up and that's my biggest issue is like if the six gets that trip I don't think the one or the two can beat the six. And that's why I ended up leaving the one off my ticket. I don't hate the idea if you want to play the one underneath in exactas or tries. I think the one could easily hit the board here. I think the route to victory for the one is significantly more difficult. But you do have second off a layoff. It's a daughter of constitution. I mean, there's a lot to like about this one horse. But for me, the six covers it. And that was the difference. Yep. I agree with you on that. Um, You know, I'm also worried. It's it's not... Uh, Jason's service. I, I slipped up there. It's John service, his brother, but John service races a lot at parks and parks is not exactly known for being uh needle free on the backstretch. We'll just say that. Um, you know, you, you made a good point. You could see the improved area. I don't like that Wonka was in that last race. Um, wasn't that far behind her really. And Wonka was terrible in her next start was fifth out against allowance horses. Um, I also don't like she's coming off Lasix and you have enough of a case uh, in her back uh, races in the backlog here to go. When she comes off of Lasix, she fades. She's not she's not able to. And especially like you said, we're going from seven and a half furlongs to a mile and a 16th. So we're getting an extra furlong here. All of those things combined. I, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and use her. But I like the, the Penny Memorial at Parks when she's, um, you know, she's supposed to be good on turf. She had that race in her sights and then she's not on Lasix. And what happens? Fade, 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 fade. Could see the same thing here. So I'm not going to say don't use her, um, but it, it's not going to be uh, for Mike and I. The two sweet enough. Did you consider her at all as a possible gate to wire threat? She's 20 to one. She likes to quit out, but it is Gulfstream. I did. I, I, I looked at her. I, I, it's the issue of the last two races for me. And I, I realized specifically the one, two back, the Pegasus, uh, Philly Marimitation, like that's a really tough race to take gate to wire. So I, I don't have an issue there for not being able to get it done. It's that last race, not getting the lead and then kind of backing up a little bit. Uh, that race to me was a little bit more of a concern. There also isn't a race on the page that wins it for her. So she's going to have to run a career best in this spot to be able to do so. And I don't think Paco just gives the lead up easily. I do think the mm-hmm. two gets the lead, but I don't think it's one of those where you can, like what I love about Luis Saez on some speed horses, and Emma Jane Wilson's pretty good at this too. They, they don't ask the horse. They naturally they use the natural speed to get to the lead. I have a feeling you're going to have to ask a little bit. It's not just going to be a natural speed to get the leader on the two. And if you don't ask, guess who will be? Paco, right inside of you. So I think you're going to have to use a little too much into the first turn to be able to hold off horses at this level when you need a career best race to be able to win. Let's move on, Mike. Second leg of the late pick five here at whoops at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, April first. Uh, one that's near and dear to your heart, the Sanibel Island Stakes. We got ten three-year-old fillies going seven and a half furlongs on the turf. Yes, sir. One thing I want to mention here, real quick. So, Ed, if I was betting heads up and it was minus one ten on the one in the five, I would bet the one because this is a multi-race sequence. I'm using the five. If that makes sense, I think that the one has a higher probability of finishing ahead of the five. I think the five has a higher probability of winning the race. And those are, two, to me, two separate things. And when I'm playing a pick five, I care only about who wins, not who I think is going to be there toward the final 16th if they don't think they can win. And so because of the upside of the five and the trip that I think the one gets and the six covering it, that's why I'm using the five, not the one. However, if I were given a head-to-head bet, I would actually take the one over the five because I think more times than not, the one does end up in a higher place than the five. I just think the five is a better shot at winning the yeah, well, and, and a tier to that point, Mike, she's six starts on turf, only one win, but three seconds and two thirds. So she's always hitting the board. Um, and it, it's, yeah, she's got the talent to, to stay in it. It's just a matter of could she win it. That's a, a great point. A good good tournament horse if you're trying to go that angle. Uh, back to the Sanibel Island. All right. I know that you love the rail horse. Mrs. Astor, Luis Saez, Jonathan Thomas. Tell me about her. This is a horse that I fell in love with when I did a stable him up. So if you can go back, you can watch the stable up on Mrs. Astor. She was so much the flipping best when she did not win. I believe it was two back this, this race that she didn't win. Um, when she was uh, going $60,000 maiden special weight, ends up running third. It just, she got, it was a terrible trip. Ended up being shuffled all the way back to the lane. Anyway, you go back and you watch her next race on a turf course where no one can close. She sits wide on the first turn, wide on the second turn. Just don't get me in trouble. And the turn of foot (laughs) this horse has is dynamic. I watched that race, immediately text Aaron, this horse is winning a stakes race. 
I love the post. I love the facts that we switched from Chantel Sutherland to Saya or to Jose Ortiz last race. I like Saya's honor too. If we can be a little more forwardly placed, this horse is really dangerous. This is one of the best three-year-old fillies I've seen on turf in just those two efforts. Magic is trying to watch the replays during the show just so that he can figure out whether or not he's going to include this horse on here. I'm singling Mrs. Astor through everything in this race. I think she is that good. I think those two races that she ran are that good when you watch them. She has got a killer, killer turn of foot. And specifically the last, she hasn't really been asked. That's the other part of it is that, you know, they, they say, okay, go. And she just starts going. We haven't seen her all out yet. She was in hand that last race. She had all kinds of trouble the race before. She is the real deal for Jonathan Thomas here. I'm going to single Mrs. Astor in both the 50 cent and the $5 ticket. Uh, yeah, call geez, calling me out for watching horse racing when the show's going on. That never happens in this program without no, of us. You're 100% uh, focused on the show, Magic. Come on. <laughs> That's how we get it done in 35 minutes. We're just, we're focused. Um, listen, I went back and uh, yeah, Mike's right. I did watch it. She's on the ticket. I watched that explosive explosion off, like from the quarter pole home. Just watch that. Just go to the quarter pole and watch it. Woo, she's good. Um, Saez, you know, is going to handle her as well as anyone. And Jose Ortiz, uh, you know, it's not that he's a bad rider. He did a great job riding her too. Um, speaking of Ortiz, we'll talk about him in a second. I went ended up going four deep here uh, for my ticket. Uh, topic for me, I like both the Clement horses. They're my top two. So I went with Love Appeals on top. Impressive debut win over the course and distance. Broke professionally. Settled when she was asked. Responded gamely when she was asked to go up the rail inside the pace setter. And then she had a horse that came three wide and challenged her. And she saw it fought on and kept going. I thought it was, it did not look like a horse making her first career start any which way. So I love that effort from her. Um, second and third place runners were the last two horses early. So they all came from the back when she was sitting there a lot closer. Fifth place runner returned to win uh, actually a week ago today, same course and distance. So a good race there off Lasix stepping up to face the big, you know, winners first time. There's a, it's not a scary field though, right? The, these ungraded stakes for these three-year-olds right now, this is still a spot Mrs. Astor is probably a little scary. I'll give you that. But it's not overall, it's not a field that is um, too scary. Rosario rode both the Clement horses last out. This is the one he's on. Jose Ortiz jumps on breath away. Same thing, won the debut over the course and distance. Her break wasn't that great, but she put herself into the race on her own accord. I thought that was very nice. Another one that responded very gamely when she was asked. Last time out, really rough trip, got rained off onto the synthetic, but she still had plenty of fight, just ended up missing there. And like I said, Jose Ortiz hops aboard. So top two picks for me, the Clement horses. Any comments? Uh, I had the two in second. So if I was going to go too deep, the two would have been the next on ticket. Everything you said was dead accurate. Really good. Really nice debut from Love Appeals. And, and Clement's one of those trainers that can get horses ready to go early in their career and often can take a jump first to second start. So I, I think that Love Appeals is definitely a threat. I had the nine in third. Um, the Pletcher horse taking the turf for the first time I read aboard. I know you're probably going to talk about this one since you said that you think I could win all five of these races. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave that off for a second. And I had the five and four. So I I think we are on these same four horses here. I think yeah. we just have them shuffled up in the order. And, and for me, I, I because I want to play a $5 ticket, and spoiler alert, Forte is a single at the end of that one, I kind of want to use my opinion on Mrs. Astor here to really benefit me. And, and I think the two, like the chat has said, is going to take a boatload of the money. And so I think Mrs. Astor, you get that 7-2 to two price. And I, she, in my mind, gets a little overlooked here. Because you have Clement as a couple of them. Pletcher has one of the favorites. And then it's Jonathan Thomas, who does not get bet like those guys get bet. And so I'm hoping that Mrs. Astor can separate me a little bit. It's one of the outside of the fact that I think she is a stakes winning horse down the line. Maybe even this Saturday, as early as this Saturday. I feel like that separates you from quite a few people who are going to do what you're doing, which is Clement, Clement, Pletcher. Right. And so for me, that's that's one of the reasons I ended up singling the one here. You'll also have the, uh, in terms of Mrs. Asher, I think you're going to get a, every bit of that 72 price because the buyer betters. She only got a, only got a 75, and that was her third career start. And you can, both the Clements had higher for last out. Riding Pretty actually got an 81, which to me is very overblown. Neither of us are touching her in this spot. But uh, you're right. The last one I did use, it was Aunt Shirley. And like uh, Mark Elliott says, uh, didn't, didn't bring Aunt Shirley to try her first turf race on Florida Derby Day, uh, it, it I cannot believe six to one is a pipe dream, right? We're not getting. I can't get six to one at, on Aunt Shirley when it's Irad and Todd, and I'm sure Irad and Todd have probably already won four races by the time this goes off. Um, but you know, breeding said she'd handle it's justify out of a Frankel mare, she, but she, 
not only has she never raced on turf, she's never worked on it. Pletcher didn't even put her on the Palm Beach Downs turf. I'm, I'm sitting here going like, what are you doing to me? Are you trying to get the best price possible on this horse? Like, what? why are you doing this? But I've got to use her. Gotta, and, and Mark, you make the perfect point I was going to do. It, Pletcher would not put her in this spot on Florida Derby Day for her first turf test when she is still N1X uh, eligible unless she's, he thinks she's uh, really good. And, and just to real quick, because we have not talked about this, um, it poured today at Gulfstream Park. It poured this like right, right when they were running the first race, essentially. My, they were off the turf yesterday. They were off the turf today. They will most likely be off the turf tomorrow. It's not supposed to rain again before Saturday. But my guess is they preserved the turf course for Saturday now since there was some water in it yesterday and today. So I would expect off the turf tomorrow. I think we are going to be between good and firm by the time these races go on Saturday, just for everyone's knowledge as well, just kind of how that turf course is playing right now. That is great information. I, as long as it's a pristine one, that's all that matters. And it's, they look, they based it off of Santa Anita. So why would it not be pristine? Let's move on to the third leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park. Saturday, April 1st, race 12, the grade two Gulfstream Park Oaks. Eight three-year-old fillies going a mile and a 16th, routing around finally at Gulfstream. These Oaks horses are going to go two turns on the dirt. 100 points to the winner. Where are you going on top? I thought about hitting the all button in this race. Let's start out with that. Because, man, like I get the miracle love. I do. Um but man, that horse has really let me down a lot and doesn't seem to enjoy <laughs> going into the winner's circle and having the picture taken. Darth Vader, this is like the ultimate wedding funeral, right? I mean, what was the price last time? Something absurd. 96 to one. 46 to one. <laughs> 46 to one. $90 winner. That's where I got the 90 from. Now we're sitting at four to one. I think the horse is going to get bet. So uh, you're going to go from a $90 mutual to less than a $9 mutual that's a tough pill to swallow here on a horse that's drawing the eight post going two turns for the first time with a just a boatload of speed all signed up for this one i'm gonna go to a little bit of an outlier here i'm gonna take the seven horse sacred wish on top uh it's gonna be first time in the george weaver barn this horse was privately purchased after a couple races at oakland park i really like the fact this horse was able to Passed some horses the first time and had a, had a pretty tough trip that first race. Broke from the three post in a 12-horse field. The, the, in the middle of the race, kind of got forced back by some horses quitting. Had to then kind of go around other horses, but was able still to pass some horses. End up running third. Came back the second time on a fast track. Was able to run significantly better. Now, that was against a restricted field, which, you know, not the, the most wonderful thing. You'd like to see that in open company. But again, broke from the rail there, which is a, it can be a difficult thing to do for, for a younger horse. Not this time, a phenomenal sire. Indian Charlie on the bottom should have no issue with the distance. To me, this is the horse that can sit behind that speed and get first jump, kind of what Darth Vader did going a mile last time, and be able to extend out and continue on. So I went with the seven sacred wish, nine to two on top here. Uh, so this is one of the races where you and I are going to div uh, diverge pretty heavily. Uh, I didn't use this horse. Um, the win at Oakland was nice. It was restricted to horses that had been purchased for a certain price uh, at auction or below. So, and it was a five-figure purchase price. So um, no world beater, no superstars at the auction were going to be in there. But the horse that beat her on debut, Punchbowl, turned out to be pretty darn good. Uh, repeated when she stretched out in an allowance race at Oakland at the beginning of the month. Went two turns, gate to wire, easy winner. Um, so she's two for two in her career. It's a really good Brad Cox horse. Um, I didn't use her, but I, I understand why you would want to go that way. I went with Miracle. I looked at this and said, there are a lot of horses that are not very good in this or that if I can poke holes in like Swiss cheese, including Darth Vader. I, I went with Miracle on top here. That Rachel Alexandra effort I thought was very impressive. Um, you know, she was facing Pretty Mischievous, who was everybody's uh, a top oaks horse until... The Fairgrounds Oaks, and honestly, I think should still be at least within the top five consideration there. Um, another horse that was with, uh, we just talked about with uh, the turf horse, Aunt Shirley, was with Rudy Brissett, and they thought, all right, she's done well enough, she's progressed well enough, let's move her to the big leagues and we'll send her to Todd Pletcher. And the fact that she almost won a gate to wire in that effort, you know, facing pretty mischievous, I thought was a very impressive. Now it's second off the layoff, second time with Pletcher. Um, I know she made your 50 cent ticket. Did I miss anything on Miracle? No, I mean, it, 
I think she is the classiest of the speed horses. And so I want to have one of those horses who I did things for the place. Because guess what? This is Gulfstream Park. And horses go gate to wire. <laughs> you have situations like Darth Vader last time, who was on a crazy pace and just kind of kept going. So uh, I did use the five. She made the 50 cent ticket, but not the $5 ticket. I did end up going too deep on the $5 ticket. I'm going to... I don't love this. I'm going to use the six atomically as the other horse here. Um, atomically, Todd Pletcher, Jose Ortiz. So I'm going to use the two of them. And the Pletcher that I like more is going to be atomically here because of the pace setup. Because we're talking about all this speed up front, atomically should be able to come from off of it and make a nice run. It's a horse that was in the pinch of barn, switches over to the Pletcher barn for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly, gets bet down there and just... It didn't look like a mature horse yet, right? We come back, we run in the forward gal at seven furlongs. You feel like she wants two turns, not one turn. And that, to me, is really the difference here. Now we get second off the layoff, going two turns again. Uh, this is one of those spots where this is the best horse, in my mind, from coming off the pace. And because of that, I want to make sure she's on the ticket, considering what I think that pace setup is going to be. I, I would expect that Atomically is going to be like second to last in this race. I mean, she's not going to be up there with Miracle and with, uh, you know, well, I could basically read down every horse here if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader, Miracle, they 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 want the lead. Infinite Diamond, just Catherine, going to be forwardly placed. It's it's going to be you know horses like Flakes and Atomically that are going to be toward the back of the pack. And so I'm going to use Atomically here. I'm going to go six seven on the five dollar ticket and five six seven on the fifty cent ticket. It's worth noting with Atomically that she uh, keeps Jose Ortiz for the second straight start. Jose leaves Infinite Diamond. He likes to ride for being Cone and Gulfstream, and and he rode Infinite Diamond her last two starts. Um, so you know you've got that going for the, that. Oh, theoretically Jose Ortiz went with this one i agree with you i think atomically probably a little bit better at two turns but i'm still gonna pass on her here uh my florida bread hatred apparently continues <laughs> with this one but um a good filly they paid i want to say they bought her uh before the breeders cup for like three quarters of a million dollars or something like that some a huge price they had thought she had a huge future the, the breeders cup juvenile fillies like you said she just wasn't mature yet so it, if she wins it wouldn't surprise me she just isn't gonna make the ticket here um Let's see. I went. I didn't go too deep. I did use a affirmative lady here, the one that Louis Size is going to end up riding for Grand Motion. Nearly beat Julia Shining uh, in the the Grade Two Demoiselle back in December last year. A maiden almost beat Julia Shining in the Demoiselle. Kind of a, a shot against Julia Shining, but also you know she looked very good. Motion instead of dropping her back down to the maiden ranks, decides no, we're going to stay at two turns, nine furlongs. We'll try the Busanda. That wasn't a good race for her. extremely wide trip both time uh, both turns. Didn't have a chance. Uh, she comes back, finally goes to Maidens, mile and the 16th, same course and distance. Uh, she's the favorite, but boy, I thought she looked super impressive, handily winning uh, last time out. Didn't have a perfect trip again, but still looked really good. Sias hops aboard. She's got tactical speed. The low buyers, the fact that she's only gotten a, a 70 as her career high, I think is something that's going to help me out here. She's adding blinkers. Graham Motion is an absolute wizard adding blinkers. 26% winners, 277 ROI. I think the price will float up on her because of those low buyers. I'm going to go uh, six four here. You're going five, five four. Sorry, five four. Um, gosh, man, I might. I, I, this is one of those where, like, by Saturday, I may have talked myself onto this horse. I, the the we always talk about when trainers show confidence, right? They have shown so much confidence in this horse. They being Grand Motion and the connections in this case. I wouldn't be shocked if Affirmative Lady shows up and runs a big one. And I mentioned off the top, I wouldn't hate this as an all race. I could make a case for the one. I could make a case for the two. We're already making cases for the five, six, and seven. The nine horse beat or the eight horse beat this field last or some of the horses in this field last time. I, like, I don't hate the idea of the all here. And I, Affirmative mm -hmm. Lady to me is the most likely double digit winner here. If I was going to take, I would go four, one, three is the most likely double digit winners in that order. And Affirmative Lady was one of those where I was going back and forth between Atomically and Affirmative Lady and whether or not I want her on my 50 cent ticket here. Um, I think, what is my 50 cent ticket? Like 40 bucks. If you wanted to add mm -hmm. Atomically, it would, I think it would juice it up a little bit, but not crazy. I'm sorry, Affirmative Lady, it would juice it up, but not crazy. I would not talk anyone off that horse, Mark, to, to your comment there, asking if you should try and get off it. Um, real quick before we move on, Darth Vader springs that huge upset. We're not using your curse man lows against her. Mark Elliott's against her, but I know Derby Knowledge like shoddy like. So real quick, why are we against uh, Darth Vader in this spot, Mike? Aside from uh, the price. The, the price is the first reason, right? Um, I don't know she wants if she wants two turns. I have some issues there. 
there's really like I don't know how good that field was. Like Guns and Graces run second. That's the top, the the Chad Brown horse that no one really liked. I mean, it, it's so yeah. For me, the field wasn't as stellar as, as I think you'd want. I also think that she just ran out of her damn mind that day, and I'm not sure that you can see her be able to do that in back-to-back races. If you go back through her previous races, the only other time she popped an 80 buyer was in the Sandpiper at Tampa Bay. Her next race was a 52, her worst race on the car, right? So outside of her maiden, her first start. Like, so right. I have a, a little bit of concern about how much she used to now try and go two turns for the first time off that big of a race for her. It, it, to me, the price is just too short. I mean, the price was too long last time. Let's be honest. She yes. shouldn't have been 46 to one. She probably should have been around 20 to one. That's maybe 15 to one in here, 20 to one. Somewhere around there is fair odds. And like, I, I just can't go all the way down to four to one off of what I think is a horse should be at 15 to 20 to one and think there's any way I'm going to include her on a ticket. Yeah, it was for me, it was a combination of price. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a fan of her going to the Devona Dale. It's the two turns thing. The one time that she tried it, she faced atomically. She had the same kind of trip she's had a lot of times. And when, you know, she had to steady it at the half mile pole, but that wasn't what stopped her. She just kept fading and fading and fading and fading from there. So uh, I'm with you. We're against Darth Vader. But hey, if you like, if you liked your last out, you, I think you need to play her again here. Um, so you're not going to get that four to one price on her. Uh, let's move on, Mike. The penultimate leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, April 1st. Race 13, the Appleton Stakes. We've got 12 older males routing a mile on the grass. We're going on top. We talked about the lack of the speed in the first race. Holy buckets. There's a lot of it here. Um, it's going to be very hard to win on the lead in this spot. Uh, that that hurts win from within. That hurts uh, just a plethora of the horses in here. Win from within, obviously, the shortest price of those horses and, and your second choice in the morning line. Uh, I went to the horse right to the inside. Steady on is the horse on top here. Uh, let's just say all these horses are lucky that Emmanuel isn't here because he seemed to have beaten most of them. Uh, yeah. Steadion's last effort running second to Emmanuel, I thought was really good. Has the ability to be close to the pace, but doesn't need the lead, which I like in these type of races. I think you're going to see this horse sit probably fourth or fifth in that second group, be further back, a little further back than normal, but be able to still make that nice kick. All of the turf races are good. There's really not a bad race on the turf from Steadion. And I, I, well, I don't want anyone on the lead. I don't mind horses in that second group. So I, I thought the six steady on was one of those horses that has to make the ticket. Second pick right to the inside, Fort Washington, who I think has a huge chance in this spot. Uh, ran a really good third, I thought, last time out in the Canadian turf. And actually, I might even flip these two from, from first and second. Now we get second off the layoff as a four-year-old, son of war front, going to get a lot faster pace early a lot more pace to run into today than yesterday that race was at a mile we're coming right back at the same distance right back with jose ortiz i think it's all systems go for fort washington as well so the five and the six were the two that i felt you absolutely had to have on your ticket i'm actually going to put the five fort washington on top i'll put steady on in second uh those two seem to me to be the, the horses you've got to to make sure you're using here i also went steady on on top uh you know two wins two seconds and the two seconds were both by half length in her four turf route tries. I thought that was impressive. You nailed all the other points. Plus, we keep saying it. It's Irad. It's a big day. It's Todd Pletcher. It's a big day. Got to use Steady On. I did not use Fort Washington. Fort Washington, to me, has a little bit too much of a trouble. Uh, he's a little, little camera shy. Doesn't like to get up there for the win. He likes to come close. But if you you talked about their speed in here. If you look back at the Bryan Station at Keeneland, I mean, they went 23 flat, 46 and 3. He got within two and a half lengths of the winner. Uh, the tail of the cat stakes that he won, they went pretty fast, and he was able to close into that. But it was at Monmouth Park in the summertime. Eh, Saratoga is uh, coming around the corner. People are going to race there instead. I don't think so. Uh, there's too many races in the past where I think he, he's a great horse to use underneath, but I just don't like him uh, He le- uh, to win. He leaves himself with too much to do coming out of the gate. He's a little too slow. And if actually, you look at his trip notes, the last one, two, three, four, all say slow start, off slow, step slow, off very slow didn't work out for him. So I'm going to pass on him uh, along with the price. But if you you think that this is a race where there's a big meltdown coming, I think you absolutely have to use a horse like this because I think he's easily the best closer in it. Um, just, you know, if this was a mile on the 16th, maybe I'd like it a little bit more too. The fact that we're coming back to a mile with, with my concerns about his closing didn't use him. Uh, next up for me, uh, a horse that actually beat uh, your former top pick, my current one, Steady On, uh, Churchtown. Won the Giapani Stakes at Aqueduct, beating Steady On back in uh, November. He's a neck away 
from three straight wins on turf heading into this race. Uh, Luis Sias hops aboard. He's got two wins and he's five for eight in the money riding for Roger Atfield here. Um, you know, last out, I'm going to give him an excuse. Super wide draw, hurt his chances. I really like this horse and I'm very surprised I'm getting a Saez horse at 15 to one in this spot, possibly because the, the buyer for the Tropical Park Derby didn't come back very strong for him. But um, I'm going to use Churchtown. Did you use the nine at all? No, I did not. And I have no interest in the nine here. Um, <laughs> I, the race Wait, is a Woodbine horse. What's your problem with Woodbine horses in the championship meet at Gulfstream? How does how, well? Actually, second off, Woodbine has been a good angle the entire time. Horse, the first <laughs> time you run a Gulfstream after Woodbine has been absolute poopy. But the second time you run, horses have run really well there. The Churchtown race, two back, was able to wire steady on. There's zero chance that the nine is going to be able to wire steady on. That, that to me is the biggest issue with the nine here. Now, you do have a seven and a half furlong uh, race from Woodbine, where the horse is able to come from off the pace. But that seven and a half furlongs at Woodbine is kind of funky. It's not the, the you know, it's it's the I think it actually is the two turns, but it, it's not the it, that was the inner turf. Yeah. Yeah, that's the inner turf. But you still have a lot of time to make up ground on the stretch, and, and speed's important. You have to be a little more forwardly placed in those races. Kind of sets up well for a horse that's then able to wire someone at Aqueduct. I just don't see the trip that you get on Churchtown to be able to get home because you're gonna have a lot of horses who want to go. You're going to have Striker going. You have Win from Within going. Uh, Roaring Forty is going to go. Country Final is going to, or County Final is going to go. Churchtown is going to be somewhere in there. And I just, I don't see the way that Churchtown makes the trip uh, and able to beat Steady on and Fort Washington and the other closes that are going to be coming. So I, I just couldn't get to the night. I had no interest there. Uh, third for me, give me the three horse Grace Fable here. Second off a layoff. This horse has had the races to win previously. That has the, the the numbers to win in previous races. That start three back at Kentucky Downs was solid. The win the race last time I thought was a very good race. Going to get a nice pace set up here, but has enough early tactical speed that will not be coming from the absolute clouds. This is one of those mid pack horses in my mind. I like the ten to one price with Lynch and Rosario. The other horse I'm going to use on the five dollar ticket. Getting a lot of love in the chat, so I'm kind of wondering here if I'm actually <laughs> going to get it. Dennis, loving some 12. Voshan talking about dreams of tomorrow from the parking lot. I concur, my friends, and I don't mind the 12 post here because we're just going to go right to the back of the pack and then try and pass everybody. <laughs> so it's not like I have to worry about, oh, I want to be mid-pack, I want to be forwardly placed, I'm going to be three wide, four wide, whatever it is. No, the 12 is going to go all the way to the back and then just try and mow them down late. I realize this is not the best turf course to play it on. However, when you get water in this turf course, coming from off the pace isn't as hard. So hoping that that good track sets up well for Dreams of Tomorrow to be able to make that big run. 15 to 1. This horse can be forgotten. Uh, you're going to get 25 to 1 on race day on the 12. I thought. A lot of love in the chat. So we'll see if, uh, <laughs> if we actually get that 25 to 1 number. But this horse fits from a numbers perspective. Like the last couple races specifically, when you look at the buyer figures, got a 98 last time over the Tampa turf, 93 two back, has 94s, 96s in the in there. I don't see why Dreams of Tomorrow isn't going to be able to run those type of races. The, the trip is going to have to be worked out a little bit. That's going to be the big issue. We'll see where this horse lands. I don't want it to be forwardly placed. That's my one concern is that we decide, no, let's try and sit a little bit closer to the pace. No, sit off the pace, be in ninth or 10th, Save ground around the first turn, come home like a freight train, get the job done. I didn't use her. You're getting a good price on her. Uh, I'm not going to try and talk you off of her. My concern, two of them, she had to drop down to an allowance level to get that win, and that was her first win uh, since her li since July of 2021. She hasn't won against stakes horses yet. Um, she That's kind of that not fair. She, she, she hasn't been competitive against stakes horses. <laughs> she hasn't been competitive against stakes horses. We'll say that. Um, also, that field at Tampa that she beat, five horses. She's facing a little bit more than five horses in the spot. But to her credit, uh, Drama Chorus came out of that race and then won going a mile uh, in her next. Yeah, she did win next time out, so the third place horse. So okay. a good race uh, from that perspective. Um, I'm just not I'm not going to use her, but there is a lot of love in the chat. I am kind of curious what kind of price you end up getting on her on uh, on race day. Um, okay. I'm going to go real, actually. Real, need quick, to scroll this. real quick. Go ahead. Real quick. You're, she has. You're, I get the stakes thing, okay? But look at who she's been running against. Atone, Big Everest, City Man, Analyze It. Like, that's the last four races. Those are some 
darn good horses. Like City Man, grade one winner at Saratoga. Atone just won that thing called the Pegasus World Cup turf. Like Big Everest has just been dominant in a bunch of different levels. Like Those are very good horses that are in those bylines of those allowance races. He also lost to Flavius. You remember Flavius? Well, Flavius every now and then sprinkled the W in there. So I don't, I'm not gonna <laughs> That's true. It was about, one, about once a year. He really yeah, every, every now and then, Flavius decided to run one race, and that, that usually blew my tickets up. Uh, I got to scroll this back up here because I'm going to use the number one. He's pure gold. The New Jersey bred is my next horse in here. I made that effort two back uh, at, at Gulfstream Park going a mile here. Uh, I think that's good enough to win in this spot. Scratch off the last effort at Tampa. Um, you know, Emmanuel won that race. We talked about that. Uh, also exited post 11 of 12 at Tampa. If you're going two turns on the turf, you're probably coming down the chute. And you're post, think about Del Mar, right? You're post 11. You got, you either need to go and cross over or take all the way back and cross over. The horse wasn't super fast out of the gate. Paco decided to go all the way back and go six and a half lanes back. This horse doesn't like to come from that far off. A little bit more of a tactical runner. Um, Paco and, and Kelly Breen, they're hitting at 20% win rate. I love that about them right now. So I'm going to use the one that he's pure goal. I think he's got the tactical speed. Third start off the layoff. Third start is a five-year-old. And Paco from the rail. We talked about that already in the first leg. You got to watch out what that little nut job is going to do down there. Yeah, you never know who he's going to punch in the mouth as he goes into the first <laughs> turn. Uh, I looked at the one. I have, I'm using five horses on the 50-cent ticket, and I was actually between the one and a the horse I'm going to use. So I, I don't mind using the one here. I, I think that there's a, he's got the opportunity to win. Going to have to figure out how to get it done at that that stakes level. I mean, you've got the one restricted stakes win or two restricted state bred stakes wins. I'm sorry. Actually, yeah. all of the stakes wins are state bred. Um, but has not been in. That was all at Monmouth Park. This is clearly a little bit better. Joy Z. Joy Z. Joy Z. <laughs> but you never know with Paco on the inside. So I, I, that one, again, should have a pretty good trip behind this speed. It's all going to be whether or not it can kick. If you didn't like my 12, you're going to hate my 8 here at 30 to 1. <laughs> Yep. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a crazy swing here. Give me Lucky Curlin, 30 to 1, also on the 50 cent ticket. Uh, this is a horse that's just career has been kind of funky. If you go back and you look throughout what this horse has done, I like the fact that Fernando Abreu claimed this horse. He's 17% off the claim, $3.74 ROI, wheeling right back. The last race, Max KO is a very good horse. Not quite the stakes level. I get it, but it's still a very good horse. 89 buyer in that race. We need to step off off the claim, but we do have some 90s sprinkled throughout those back pass performances. This is another one where, like, if the front end collapses, this is going to be one of those horses that gets first run. And if it, the eight can get brave and lucky curling, I, like, at 30 to one in a race which I think is wide open and I don't like half the field because they want to be forwardly placed, I'll take a dart here and see if the eight can get it done and blow this whole sequence up. It is interesting that they claim the horse, Fernando Abreu claims the horse for 50K and they go straight into a stake. I think it's too much for him, but that's why you're getting 30 to 1 on him. Um, not going to be for me, but I get why you would use him. Uh, the seven win from within, this is the last one for me. I just looked at this and there's a lot of speed. What if somebody just, just goes balls to the wall early? And, oh, shit, they're coming for me. Somebody goes balls to the wall. I, I think this horse is, is the fastest early. I've noticed this meet following Gulfstream, Jorge Delgado, the trainer, when he's got a speed horse, he loves to put Chantel Sutherland in the saddle, like four-time stakes winner, Super Chow. Chantel gets those fast horses to keep running pretty well. Uh, Chantel's 12%. Actually, now she's down to 10% overall. 12% uh, when I wrote this down, so she had a couple bad days. She's 22% when she rides for uh, Delgado. Like, that's a very good percentage for the two of them. Uh, and a huge bump up for her. Delgado's 10 for 40 at the meet right now. Um, he's connecting at 25 out of 40 in the money. I don't love the price, but I get why it is because the horse almost beat Emmanuel. Well, almost. The horse was leading until Emmanuel caught him uh, last time out in the grade through Tampa, but was ahead of everybody else, including uh, the other horse I just talked about. He's pure gold in that race. So I'll use this horse third off the layoff, third to five, because I think it's the fastest. I just wish I got better than seven to two because that's a little hard to swallow. Yeah, I, I, I can't use seven to two with Chantel Sutherland on a horse that's in a, a race with a ton of speed. If I was going to use a speed horse... I would go to the four striker who I looked at a long time here. Uh, first time on turf pops a 95 buyer over it at, uh, at Tampa. Now we get second time on turf for a horse that needs to lead. And, it, and to me, the important thing is inside of wind from within. And the, the problem with wind from within is that the four is inside of it. Striker is going no matter what, right? Can we agree on that? Like that's the only route to victory for striker. 
which means anyone outside of it is not going to get the lead, which means win from within is going to have to, well, I shouldn't say not going to, unlikely to, or will have to work to get the lead. And if that's the case, then that's that to me is a bad sign for win from within. I, so if I was going to take a speed horse, I'd take the four striker. I, I wish Chantel Sutherland and that price and the other speed in here. I just can't do it on the seven. <laughs> Come on, Chantel. One time. One time, Chantel. All right, let's move on. The last race of the entire 14-car day at Gulfstream Park. Uh, and boy, it's a doozy. The grade one million dollar Florida Derby. 12 three-year-old Colts routing a mile and an eighth on the dirt. 100 Kentucky Derby points to the winner. We have perfect agreement here. So I will just turn it over to you and let you talk about who you would like to discuss first. Uh, $5 ticket. I'm singling Forte. I don't think we need to talk about that much, right? I mean, the only concern here is the 11 posts. Uh, outside of that, I, I don't really know how you make a case against Forte off what we saw off the layoff and what we saw as a two-year-old. So the $5 ticket, I'll be singling Forte. There are three other horses I'm interested in here. Two of them you can learn a lot more about if you go watch that interview. That's the five Mr. Peaks and the six Nautical Star, who I, I think both are absolutely live at 30 to one to hit the board. I'm not sure if either can win. So I'm not going to include either on my 50 cent ticket. If you want to, I would add the five first and the six second. Um, but to me, those, those are the, like, there's only four horses in my mind that can win this race. Forte is one of them. Mr. Peaks and Nautical Star would be the two of those other three, and they would be way back. The horse I am most interested in, and I cannot believe I'm going to fall into this trap again, <laughs> is the four horse mage. We'll uh, hold each other while we fall together. <laughs> look, I liked mage in the fountain of youth. Okay. You could not have had a worse trip for a horse who is stepping up into Stakes Company, who wants to go gate to wire than what Mage got in the Fountain of Youth. And you know what? Almost ran second still. Tried his little heart out to get up there and run well. There's not a ton of speed signed on here. Remind me. This sounds familiar. This is my Fountain of Youth cap. There's not a ton of speed signed in here. Mage wants the lead. If Mage gets it, they will. They. I'm not going to say will not. They may not catch Mage. To me, that is the biggest point here. The four has a very good chance of going gate to wire. It, specifically talking to Mark made me wake this horse even more too, because the, they're not dead sending Mr. Peaks. If they were dead sending Mr. Peaks, all of a sudden the whole mage argument gets a little, little less, less air in it, right? Their plan is to let Mr. Peaks go and try and rate right behind mage. That means mage just gets to go. If this four horse breaks and he gets loose, he is really tough. And, and so to me, the way you beat Forte is not by trying to outclose Forte. It is by trying to take Forte gate to wire. And that to me is the four mage. So I'm going to go 411 on my 50 cent ticket. I would adjust the 11 on the $5 ticket. I do think the 11 over 456 super for a nickel, it'll cost you $30, is a very, very interesting superfecta. Yeah. Like I said, we had full agreement here on, on these two horses. And, um, including with mage i mean you go back and watch mage specifically in the fountain of youth it's brokes well actually he hit the gate when he came out so he's a little slow behind had to steady early because rocket can our boy <laughs> broke well and just went right across in front of him so he had to steady um raced five wide in the first turn four wide down the backside made a move to the lead outside rocket can um while three wide in the far turn and then forte came by him he just didn't have anything quite left to keep going that was his second career start First time versus winners. And he ran that well against Rocket Can, who just won a derby prep. And Forte, who's a juvenile champion. The only concern here, we're not getting 10 to 1, I don't think, because I think a lot of people that I've seen, uh, not just in the chat, like Mage. But, um, yeah, it's uh, boy, it's good. I know a lot of people are talking about the different bets that they would have in here. Putting Luis Saez aboard and knowing that Edwin Gonzalez is on Mr. Peaks and Luis Saez is inside of Edwin Gonzalez, there's no way. There's no way in hell that Luis Saez lets anybody else go to the lead unless Mage just, you know, falls down out of the gate. So um, I love Mage in the spot with you, buddy. Yeah. I, and, you know, um, can you pull up the workout, Nautical Star, West Coast Cowboy workout? Ooh, yeah. Um, so real quick, while Magic's pulling that up, uh, someone asked, what if Edwin doesn't listen to Mr. Peaks? Uh, I don't think that's going to be that big of an issue because they they specifically talked about in the workout they did with mr peaks and o'connor and again this is why like i was so high that i oh, was so happy that they did that, that that mark was willing to do that interview uh they specifically rated mr peaks two lengths back 
behind O'Connor um, so that he could learn how to rate. So their plan is 100% to rate, and they've been working Mr. Peaks to learn to rate as well. So to me, that gives it makes it a little less of an issue if Edwin Gonzalez is going to try and, and be able to harness some of the speed of Mage. I want to bring up the workout for Nautical Star and West Coast Cowboy because they work together um, going into this, and the uh, workout is here on Express by TV and this is West Coast Cowboy on the inside. You're going to see Nautical Star on the outside. West Coast Cowboy ran pretty well last time out. And when you watch and see what Nautical Star does to this horse down the lane, it makes you wonder how good this, this Nautical Star is. And interesting enough, when I asked Mark, like, if Forte wasn't in this, what are the odds? He had Nautical Star at a shorter price than Mr. Peaks as well. But we'll watch this here as you go around. And, and Magic, you can talk about this. I know you were like blown away here as well when you saw this oh yeah yeah and mark said it perfectly i tried to sync it up kind of in, in the video there but um he's traveling very well hasn't been asked he's, he's ranged up alongside west coast cowboy who by the way was third in his previous start uh coming into this and then look at look, west coast cowboy is kind of all over the place and as soon as he gets past look at this the, is the jockey doing anything no he moves his hands a little bit he asks him to quicken and the second he does it's just he explodes and it's not just that We'll keep it up here on the screen. The gallop. This horse didn't want to stop. This does not look like a horse that ever wanted to just do six furlong one turn race. He's like, nope, I'm gonna keep going, gonna keep going, gonna keep going. Like, if he loves that he's in front, he loves that he passed somebody. Um, boy, I I really like this horse. It and it's crazy. We're both like, boy, we really love this Oklahoma bred in the Florida Derby. That doesn't happen very often, but uh, an Oklahoma bred that has uh, Seattle Slough in the uh, in the dam side there, but also. Uh, Luis Quinones, the jockey, the longtime journeyman jockey in the Southwest. I didn't realize this. It's his son that, that trained this horse, was like an exercise rider, trained the horse. It's one of his first horses he's ever trained. And the the family bred it as well. So, uh, you know, they bought that off of um, uh, off of the Quinones is there, but a very, very impressive uh, work there. I'm very, I think that he has a, a definitely a big stakes future ahead of him. I just think the Florida Derby is a little bit too much. And Mark was kind of honest about that too. Yeah, that's so make sure you watch this. I, I know we're talking about these horses quite a bit, but hearing it straight from his mouth and kind of talking about how he handles it, I, I think is, is or how what his expectations are for the two horses and their goal for these two horses. Because he even said, like, if one of them doesn't run out of their skin, they're not even going to go to the derby with them. Because, but they clearly are two really talented horses in a field where we have a bunch of knowns. And then these two unknowns, which seem to have just a bunch of talent sitting there. So I think it's going to be really interesting with both of those two. Uh, we should talk about two other horses in this field. I think you know who they are. Would you like to start with Cyclone Mischief or Fort Bragg Magic? Oh, let's get Cyclone Mischief out of the way. I usually like to get the worst thing gone and then move on. I didn't mind Cyclone Mischief last time out. I have absolutely no interest in this horse this time out. Like That was about as good as you could expect from Cyclone Mischief in the Fountain of Youth. And he was five lengths behind Forte. And, and, you know, uh, let's see. I, someone put this question in the chat. So here you go. Dennis Brown, on a scale of 1 to 11, how concerned are you about 14 on the outside? I think 2 or 3 is about right. And if yep. that isn't an 8 or a 9, I'm not sure how Cyclone Mischief breaking two posts to the inside is going to be able to flip the script on him. Mark, Mark got a feeling how I – listen, Mark, I got a lot of flack for, for trying to just breeze past the dumb horses that weren't worth talking about uh, last – although, you know what? We didn't hit the Bluegrass 5 last uh, week, so I really shouldn't say that. Maybe we should have spent more time uh, talking about them. Um, zero interest in Cyclone Mischief. Zero. You got 15 to 1 on him, and he was six lengths behind, and we think that you know Forte is now second off the layoff, and now he's 8 to 1? That's only because Rocket Can's not in this and because Mage is – I. Major Cyclone Mischief, who's the higher or who's the, the shorter price between the two? Because I think Mage. at this point, Mage might get more money. I think Mage is going off as your second choice, maybe third choice in this race. It's hard to the Fort Bragg. We can talk about transition over to him um, is the second choice at five to one. Uh, technically finished second twice. He got DQ'd for beating practical move and interfering with him um, and then came back, beat reincarnate. Um, going two turns, a horse that very much looks like he, he's built for two turns. Um he lost a practical move in the low sale futurity, but he got checked way back early in, in low sale. It's hard to make up ground in a five horse field uh, going to turn. So I'm going to forgive him for that. I thought his effort in the San Felipe was a total head scratcher and I couldn't figure out why he was so bad in that spot. Was it, I mean, the fact that I you know he was coming off an almost four month layoff and he was chasing go rocket ride, but go rocket ride was a one-star maiden winner. Like 
if you were worth your salt as a two-turn horse coming out of the Baffert barn, you should have been able to keep up with him, right? Until Tim Yachtin wins a major prep, he is just like a straight do not bet this horse, right? Yeah. I mean, after last year, and now what we've seen this year, whatever Baffert's doing, not going to throw any accusations there. Whatever he's doing is making these horses run a hell of a lot better than how they're running for Tim Yachtin. Uh, I, so I don't know how <laughs> that's awesome mark uh i don't know how you can bet a horse like this at five to one shipping across the country for a, for a trainer that that has done done i guess has done anything wrong but hasn't done anything right either since getting any of these baffert horses yeah and, and to be to clarify dennis brings it up you were talking about the baffert horses to go to yak team because obviously yeah. tim yak team trains practical move he's won two preps now um we weren't discussing we, mike specifically is discussing and i agree transitioning out of Baffert and going over. I mean, he won with Taba, but Taba is like the way Taba was running as a three-year-old in some of those races. You're like, you'd have to really screw this horse up or be in the Kentucky Derby in that huge variance for him to lose. He also won with Taba four days after he left the Baffert barn in the Santa Anita Derby. This is the significantly earlier transition period versus last year. So Taba was essentially a Baffert horse in that race. Yep. Uh, this is a second yak team. This we've already seen him once. Now he's shipping or second back team. He's already seen him once. Now he's shipping across the country. Like this, this Yaffert back team strategy has not worked. <laughs> Period. End of yeah. sentence. This is the last year yeah. we're going to see it. This is your last chance to fade it. Keep on fading it. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Uh, Liz, it's been great. I'm glad we got to go through. Uh, and talk about a lot of these ones. Anybody else that you want to mention? Mr. Ripple, that's the only Saffy Joseph horse that we haven't talked about yet. Um, and ironic because he's probably the most experienced or has the most, uh, has not the most upside. At, right now, it has some good upside. Uh, very impressive winner going to uh, a one turn mile of Gulfstream on his debut. Had some issues. Was third to Cyclone Mischief uh, in that weird race. Um, the Cyclone Mischief popped that huge buyer. He wasn't bad in that next allowance race going a mile in the eighth. I don't think the distance is going to do him in. I just think he's a hit the board type, Mike. That's he he's good enough to do that. I, he's not good enough to beat all of these horses. I don't think. No, I wouldn't use him. I, I wouldn't even. Use, I wouldn't use him on anything. I don't think he even hits the board. Uh, WHNL all the way on the outside wins at Aqueduct with terrible at Tampa. Any interest six to one? In this race, no. If he. I'm surprised he's here, and, and I saw some chatter. He might scratch because of the post partially, but Danny Gargan has been saying for a long time that the goal was to win the Wood Memorial with this horse because he did so well at Aqueduct. So maybe he showed up here trying to see what the field is. He enters in, he'll scratch, and run in the Wood Memorial next week. Regardless of, of who goes to the Wood, that's an easier spot for that horse. Go there. I agree with Michael. Six to one seems awfully short after what that Tampa effort was. Yeah, I mean, he did get steadied a little bit, but he just never ran. It wasn't like he steadied way back and then came running later, showed some interest. He just, he had zero interest at all of running that day. And that's a little concerning for a horse first off the layoff. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I WHNL, another one. Like, I, I that's why I kind of like this as a betting race, even with a four to five favorite that's going to go off at one to five or two to five. I, I don't like the second torch choice in WHNL. I don't like the third choice in Fort Bragg. Uh, so it feels like this kind of sets up for, it, even if the four to five wins, a pretty nice super because of who falls underneath. All right, that's going to do it for this extended episode of the Magic Mike Show here. We uh, appreciate everybody staying with us for longer than an hour here. We, we usually keep them short. But listen, there are a lot of good horses to talk about. And, and we wanted to go through the Florida Derby because this is always a great prep race. And, and a very it's still so surprising that you had the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Champion, very clearly the best two-year-old uh, at the time wins his debut as a three-year-old and comes here and 11 other horses go yeah we won it <laughs> i mean i get why mark cornett did he's like listen there's four hundred thousand dollars up for grabs after forte wins so i understand that i just was a little surprised but we're not going to complain because it, it will you know that's a big reason forte is going to be four to five on the morning line not one to five but for our podcast listeners and everybody in case you weren't following too close attention we got our tickets down below we'll go ahead and give them out one last time i will start i'm going to go six eight with one, two, five, nine, with four, five, with one, six, seven, nine, with four, eleven in the finale. That's sixty-four dollars, Mr. Samich. I'm gonna play two tickets here. I'm gonna play a five-dollar ticket and go six with one, with six, seven, with three, five, six, with eleven. It'll cost you thirty dollars for five bucks. Hopefully, we can get through those first early singles to give us a shot at a decent score with Forte. And then we'll play a fifty-cent ticket, five, six, eight, with one. 
with 5, 6, 7, with 3, 5, 6, 8, 12, with 4, 11. Sprinkle some prices in there around, see if we can get a big bomb home. And so one of the races we're not going shorted. Uh, want to get a quick, a couple quick shout outs. First of all, Jason Caudill has been a longtime follower of ours and uh, of the racing dudes. And he sent us a really nice email. Um, he also complained that he would have going to hit the bluegrass five until he listened to you and thought Kings Barnes wasn't going to win the Louisiana Derby. So, uh, yeah, I apologize if I had known they were going to go 25, 50, 115, I would have used Kings Barn. <laughs> <laughs> my bad <laughs> uh and then also shout out to michael myers good friend of the program of the dudes and also part of the racing News fantasy league uh four years ago today which is it's march 30th from recording this four years ago today what happened he and his wife got married and also maximum security won the florida derby so uh that's kind of like your version of my son was born on may 1st and medina spirit won the kentucky derby it's like yeah <laughs> and shockingly both of those still stand Yes, that <laughs> shockingly. <laughs> oh boy. Uh yeah, that's good. Awesome. Thank you everybody for joining us. Yeah, like Dennis said, making up for last week. That's our extended. We really appreciate all of you. Had a lot of fun. Had uh gonna keep you having fun. Make sure if you haven't yet, you go to racenews.com, check out the Florida Derby betting Bible. You can download a, a sample to see what that is like. Um, it's replacing the wagering guide, it's an updated, more streamlined version. I like it a lot better. The graphics are great. We've improved this even from the Louisiana Derby. So go check that out. It's available. Uh, it should be available tomorrow. We're getting all the final picks in tonight. So it should be out uh, by Friday morning when you are uh, looking for that. Um, if you buy it right now, you just get the sample. Don't worry. You're not missing anything. But uh, it will be there soon. And then, of course, our friends at OG Handicappers. Got to give them a shout out until Mike Shipman finally arrives from wherever the hell it's floating around. Well, someday in, I will in, wear them. I promise. It's just got to find no, me. <laughs> no man's land. But uh, if you want to look good gambling, look good like the dudes, go to OGHandicappers.net. Make sure you use promo code DUDES, D-U-D-E-S. Get 10% off site-wide. Mike, a huge weekend ahead. College basketball has got something going on, too. You want to give out some picks real quick before we get out of here? Not especially. I really don't like the college <laughs> basketball games uh, this weekend. If I was, I, I think the numbers are right. If I was going to lean, I would play San Diego State and I would play UConn, but I made the games two and a half and five and a half. And guess what? They're two and a half and five and a half. So no interest there. However, if you want to bet some hockey tonight, under first period, Rangers at Devils, one and a half. Uh, take the under in that total, plus 120 there. And uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, minus a goal and a half, taking on the Caps, who played last night on the road, back-to-back -back road games. They're also 6-15 and 15 in their last 21. Give me the Lightning, minus a goal and a half, plus 140. I think it's plus 130 now. No love for your UAB men's basketball team. They are uh, taking a ton of money in Vegas. 87% uh, of the bets and 86% of the money on UAB, uh, minus one and a half tonight. I mean, they are taking a ton of money from Vegas. I can tell you that for a fact. And I can also tell you they're pretty hot shooters. So watch out. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, check out Blinkers Off if you want picks for uh, the Fairgrounds Oaks, Oak, the Fantasy Stakes, and the Arkansas Derby. Uh, you can get that from Aaron and Jared. They were live earlier, so go check out Blinkers Off. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellord. He is at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. You can tell I'm not used to speaking for this long. I'm like, it's been 35 minutes. My voice is tired here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week. We'll see you for the live show covering everything on Saturday. Time to be determined. But it'll be all the big races. So make sure you join us for that. It'll be a lot of fun. See you, everybody. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show the magic mic show you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by racing dudes.com